Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. Welcome everybody to our podcast. I am Professor Daniel Reiche and I'm talking today to Hutan Humayunpur, head of the International Labor Organization Project Office for the State of Qatar. In the previous podcast, we talked to the producers of the film, The Workers' Cup, Anne and Adam Sobel on the situation of the migrant workers in Qatar. In today's podcast, we are going to focus on the recent labor market reforms in the country and the role the ILO played in this process. Welcome, Hutan, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Daniel, for having me. It's a pleasure. My first question, Hutan, is very uh, general, but could you provide us please with some background? So the government of Qatar and ILO agreed in 2017 to cooperate. Could you share with us a story behind the establishment of the ILO project office in Doha and explain to us its mission? Sure, thanks again for having me, Daniel, and for your interest in our work with the Qatari government. Um, there's a long history behind our collaboration. Initially, there was a complaint submitted to the International Labor Organization by the workers or the trade unions group uh, against the state of Qatar. Uh, this complaint uh, went on for a number of years with the government of Qatar providing additional information, making changes, legislative changes. Uh, however, the governing body was not fully satisfied that this was enough. Uh, and then it's at that point that uh, the office ILO engaged with the Qatari government and started together to really fully jointly design a three-year uh, ambitious work plan. Um, and that was proposed to the ILO governing body, which got endorsed unanimously by the, all member states, workers, as well as employer organizations, uh, because as you know, the ILO is tripartite. Uh, once that program was endorsed, the ILO, uh, basically, I was sent here to open up the office and, and uh, recruit uh, the team uh, that has been working extremely hard supporting the government in its ambitious labor reform agenda within the past three years. Qatar recently introduced some labor market reforms. Could you explain to us the most important changes, such as the abolishment of the kafala system, and the role the ILO Qatar office played in this process? Sure, it's, it's really incredible what, has how, what has happened in the past three years um, in such a short period of time. We say Kafala has been dismantled uh, because the sponsorship system still exists. That's why it hasn't been abolished. Uh, you know, for example, a worker from India or any other country needs a sponsor to come into the country, just like the majority of other countries around the world. You need a job offer, you need a company to sponsor you to come into the country. The problematic parts of Kafala, which I'm happy to confirm have been dismantled now, were two specific areas. First, if I wanted to leave the country, I would need an exit permit from my employer. Now that has been uh, abolished for the majority of workers in Qatar. Okay, second problematic part was that if I wanted to change my job in Qatar, I would again need the approval of my employer. So there was no free labor market mobility. That second problematic element has also been abolished. 
but kafala as a system requiring you to obtain a job offer and a sponsor still exists, but that's not the problematic part. Now with these two uh, parts of it that have been dismantled, we say the power uh, imbalance between a worker and an employer has been uh, to a very large extent addressed. And that's what uh, our role has, was to do studies, to put forward uh, the, the case of why these changes would be good for, of course, workers, but also employers in the private sector, and of course, the country, at, uh, the country itself. Uh, when you do not have these elements, you foster competition in the private sector. You are able to um, attract investment, but also highly skilled workers that previously were very hesitant to coming into the region, but also specifically Qatar, because those high skilled workers can go anywhere in the world and they, they would not be okay with having their market mobility limited or their exit from the country or movement limited. So now all of these are, are contributing to a much more healthy economy and fostering competition. Which other policy changes would, would you like to highlight? I think another major, major milestone, not only for Qatar, but for the region is the adoption of the non-discriminatory minimum wage. It's the first of its kind in the region. It means that no matter where you come from, no matter what sector you work in, you're entitled to earn the same amount of money as everyone else. Within that law, for the first time, there are also two additional monetary amounts. One is if housing is not provided, as a minimum, there is a compensation amount. And if food is not provided, you're also, uh, we also have an indication of the minimum monetary amount for that. So it means that now everybody in Qatar are guaranteed a certain living and working standard thanks to the new minimum wage law, which actually, in fact, will come into effect on March 20th. So in one month, there's a six month transition within the law that was adopted and signed by His Highness the Emir. Uh, to give the private sector time to, to change its, its, its basically contractual obligations and, and make sure that they're respecting the minimum wage law. That's standard. It happens in all the other countries that adopt also minimum wage. Uh, another very important milestone and element is the establishment of joint committees. Now, if you're not familiar with the concept or our listeners are not kind of familiar with the concept, at the company level, there are democratic elections, workers, vote for their representatives, they elect them democratically. Those elected worker representatives sit with management representatives and talk about issues of concern. And that group of representatives is called joint committees. Now there is a law that encourages, a law passed a few years ago that encourages private companies to set up joint committees. We've been working very hard uh, with the Ministry of Labor, as well as the private sector, with companies that wanted to establish joint committees. And now more and more companies are coming to the ministry and to the ILO saying, help us establish joint committees, because they're really seeing the value uh, of these joint committees and how they're contributing to, to the, not only to uh, protecting the rights of workers, but also to uh, the smooth operation and profitability and satisfaction of companies. So uh, I feel like sometimes when the Western press is reporting about Qatar, that the reporting is a bit unfair as it compares conditions with Western countries with Qatar. So maybe uh, 
you know, since many people from outside the region also follow our work in this podcast, could you explain how do Qatar's labor market reforms compare with other countries in this part of the world? Yeah, sure. It's a really, really good question. And, you know, as a ILO official, as a UN official, uh, I need to, to tell you that we do not compare member states with each other. But what I can tell you is that uh, with the major changes that happen in the country, we really need to recognize and congratulate the state of Qatar. Um, it, it, when it comes to labor rights, the changes are incredible. They are revolutionary for the labor market. Having said that, of course, the job is not done. It's not a perfect situation. Perfect situation doesn't exist in any country. And every country has its own unique problems that need to be addressed. And that's why I'm very happy to say that our, at the end of the three years of our initial program with the government here, they have requested for us to remain in the country to support them with their continuation of, of the labor reform agenda for at least an additional three years. And the Minister of Labor has officially requested that the ILO's project office uh, turns into a permanent country office. So, of mm -hmm. course, all of these discussions are ongoing, and this is a decision that the ILO governing body would be making and not the organization or the office itself. So, some people have expressed uh, concerns that the labor market reforms in Qatar might be not properly implemented. Um, so what makes you optimistic that uh, policies will be enforced? You know what is really, uh, it needs to be stated, is that when you have such major revolutionary changes in any country, in any labor market, it takes time for implementation and enforcement to be done uh, at the perfect level, if that ever exists. But we're happy to, to, to confirm that the government here is trying its best to enforce and implement the changes. And a lot of these changes actually happen overnight. It, you know, there is no implementation need. And I give you an example what I mean by that. For example, the removal of the exit permit requirement. Previously, employers had on their phones an application. Within that application, they would say, yes, this worker from my company can leave or not. Now, that platform has been completely dismantled. So meaning that the uh, uh, employers no longer have the option to say, no, this person doesn't have the exit permit. So by the fact that this platform has been dismantled, exit visa requirements have been removed and are being fully implemented and enforced. And we do not see any complaints when it comes to exiting the country. When it comes to the labor market mobility, it's a bit more complicated. The Ministry of Labor has put up a specific page where you can process your uh, application to change. And there is currently a backlog because it takes time, because they need to make sure that all the right information is entered into the system. And that will take time to, to, to uh, you know, uh, recover from the backlog of the requests. But everything is moving in the right direction. And it's very important to recognize progress because if we do not recognize progress, then other countries will not be encouraged to follow suit uh, because they say, you know, no matter how much progress a country makes, they will still be uh, told that they haven't gone far enough or that they're lacking behind on implementation. Yes, all of this may be true that implementation is lagging behind, 
or more progress needs to be made. But at the same time, we need to be fair and recognize achievements and progress. Yes. Uh, just some days ago, I listened to a German podcast. I'm German and a German journalist. He had interviewed some Nepalese workers who said they have been not paid for some months. Um, so what can workers do uh, when something like this happens to them? Yes, uh, you know, um, the economies are suffering all over the world and Qatar is not protected from that. It's, uh, COVID has had a huge negative impact on, on, on the labor market, on the economies. And we are seeing all over the world companies shutting down and workers uh, being uh, stranded, basically, not having access to, to, to their pays, not getting paid on time. Here, the government specifically is trying to deal with this through the wage protection system, or what is known as the WPS, where labor inspectors see if workers have been paid or not. Um, so that's one way the government here is tackling it. But if a worker or workers have not been paid, they can go to the Ministry of Labor and basically discuss their case with them and ask for help. Uh, they have also a hotline. They also have uh, WhatsApp numbers. Uh, there is also email addresses where you can submit your, your complaint and raise issues. Uh, there are different ways that uh, you can uh, communicate that to the authorities here for follow-up action. Mm -hmm. So um, James Lynch from the NGO Fair Square appraised in a contribution to our blog the recent labor market reforms in Qatar, but expressed concerns about migrant workers' rights in Qatar when the World Cup is over and Qatar will be less in the global spotlight. What are your thoughts on the matter and which role can the ILO play to ensure that Qatar continues to improve workers' welfare beyond the World Cup? So when it comes to the commitment of the governments, they need, they need to be recognized and really congratulated because um, you know, labor right violations exist in many different countries around the world and many different partners uh, scream and kick in different parts of the world, but nothing moves forward. Here, the achievements are historic. The political commitment remains We've seen that they have pushed through the legislative changes that they promised to do. Now, when it comes to implementation, we all need to support them to ensure enforcement and implementation is, is done. Uh, everyone is moving in the, same direction, in the same direction, in the right direction, hand in hand, supporting each other. And when it comes to the World Cup, that is one milestone in, in, in the future of the country. They have already won bids for hosting other major events in the country. And they will continue to do it because that's part of the Qatar 2030 vision. So yes, uh, one point, one historic milestone, the World Cup will come and go, but there will be many more um, big milestones where the government here and, and all partners should work towards in ensuring labor rights uh, are promoted and respected. And I've said this many times before, what better legacy from the World Cup than decent working and living conditions for the millions of migrant workers in the country? So when you sum up, I mean, since our research initiative is on the FIFA World Cup 2022, uh, which role did the FIFA World Cup 2022 play in all the labor law reforms that we discussed in today's podcast? 
you know, the, the, the World Cup, any mega sporting event has the potential to bring visibility, to bring pressure, to bring, uh, to uh, be used as a platform for dialogue between different stakeholders. And that's what happened here. It opened a window of opportunity for different partners to engage. We should not forget the important role of the international trade unions. We should not forget the important role of the NGOs. We should not forget the important role of the ILO or other UN agencies. The important role of the Supreme Committee, the important role of the Ministry of Labor, the, the leadership of the country, the prime minister, the emir, um, the different ministers. So this was an opportunity for everyone to come together to support the ambitious labor reform agenda. And again, the job is not done. We all need to continue to walk down the path of labor reforms hand in hand and support each other. It's very easy to criticize. I think it's more difficult to support, uh, help bring change. Thank you very, very much, Hutan. This was so interesting. We wish you and your colleagues in the International Labor Organization Project Office for the State of Qatar best of luck for your future work that is so important. Thank you very much for having me on. Take care.